Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus, Charette. Say what? What's up, Doc G? How's it going, sir? My gosh, you are traveling the North American continent, Mike. Yeah. I was we're I, out here. We're doing it. I was thinking you were in Pennsylvania. Now you're in Canada. You're in a whole other country. Yeah, totally different. Gosh. Totally different country. Are you blending in with the locals? Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm French Canadian, you know, so I got a little bit of that Canadian, you know. You don't know any French, <laughs> though, do you? Uh, you know, a little bit, but like only what I've what I've learned in like a Jack Johnson song. Yeah, no. So no. Like, I got four words. I got one sentence. That, that is more than me with French. So, congratulations. <laughs> so true. I know nothing about French. So, yeah. it frightens me. There are way, yeah. there are just way too many moves of the tongue that my tongue cannot make <laughs> and cannot do. Uh, Mike, I thought you were going to be in Pennsylvania. And uh, this, this next story... That I, that I came across while I was getting ready for Rip from the Headlines is from Pennsylvania. And so I was thinking hmm. about you this whole time when I was reading that. Yeah. Now, you touched down in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we're, we're uh, coming from Hermitage, which is right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So, yeah, and then we'll be back there in like two days. But Okay. You know, yeah. So when you... So it's still relevant. When yeah. you go back, I've got a person you need to look for. I've got a person you need to look for. So, Mike, as you know, I normally don't start off the show with a news article. It's not. <laughs> we've got rip from the headlines. We don't need to start it with a news article. But mm-hmm. since you are going back to Western PA and uh, I came across this story, it's just too good. I don't want to overhype it, but I love the characters. I love the plot. Okay. I was hooked from the first two sentences of the story. I was like, this is great. Um, This story revolves around Tanisha Fisher. Tanisha Fisher. Uh, And let me just say right now, Mike, when you go back to Western PA, look for Tanisha Fisher. Okay. You're going to want to party with Tanisha Fisher. Don't miss the (laughs) opportunity. Do not miss it. Uh Tanisha lives in Coraopolis. Coraopolis. So I, I didn't look. It's on the outskirts of Pittsburgh. So it's it's. Okay. I'm not sure if it's on the right side where Hermitage <laughs> is. You know. So I don't know. I'm not sure. It sounds like it's in space. Coraopolis. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Superman's uh, uh, hangout. Uh, but uh, she uh, she lives in Coraopolis, and last week she was hanging out in her living room. When she dozed off while watching TV. Common thing right there, right? Mm. We've all done it. We've all done it. For sure. But, a little bit of a plot twist with Tanisha. When she woke up, she says, quote, I look, and there's a really little white girl laying on my couch. Wait, what? Oh, man. 
Yeah. I like just got goosebumps when you said that because n- there's never a good situation when there's a small white child on your couch. Th- this is a full grown adult, so don't think like. Oh. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Don't think it's. I'm like the ring. I know. I was about, <laughs> that would definitely creep me out, too. Uh, I- any person. That's the thing. But before we mm-hmm. go further, Mike, let's applaud Tanisha's ability to sleep soundly. Like, mm-hmm. when, for sure. Because when I was reading the story and I was like, you woke up and she's in your house? Because if the AC kicks on in my house, I'm like, what? Oh, 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 it's the uh, air conditioning. I'm so up. true. Um, now, in the story, it says Tanisha, then after she wakes up, she sees this lady on her couch. She takes a picture. She said it says, quote, captured a picture of the intruder, and this is exactly how it puts it in the story, sleeping just feet away on her clean laundry and wrapped in her aunt's funeral blanket. Hmm. Oh, this is so weird. Yeah. Mike, I, maybe it's just me, but I wasn't <laughs> sure what a funeral blanket nope. was. I had a hunch, but I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell? What the hell is a funeral blanket? And I looked it up. It seems to be a tribute to a loved one. You know? Ah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, if somebody passes away, you really like them, you get a blanket with their face on it and some memories mm. or things on it, you know? And and every time you get on your couch, you're like, oh, Susie. Uh, <laughs> and you you get in your, your, your blanket. But um, I, I feel like if that's the case, Mike, we do need to... Rename that. Shouldn't be a funeral blanket. Yeah. Right? No. It's like a funeral blanket sounds like she's breaking it out every time she goes to a funeral. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's it's like snow boots or like rain jacket. Like, uh <laughs> You know that funeral parlor. It gets drafty. Funeral blanket to like just <laughs> I think it's a little weird. I, and I found it a little weird how like they didn't describe it or like they didn't just say blanket. Like, I, I feel mm. like they're trying to make it significant with funeral blanket. Like, that's more yeah. of an offense. But at the same time, mm-hmm. if readers are ignorant like me, I'm just like, what the a funeral blanket? What is yeah. What is this? <laughs> Anyways, so uh, Tanisha here, she, uh, after, after getting this picture, uh, I, the, she then says uh, she called the police. And when the police got there... She, Tanisha says, quote, I walked them in, and they were just like, hmm. And I was like, I know, right? It's exactly how it says it in the story, Mike. (laughs) Hmm. I know, right? That's it. Hmm. (laughs) Now, Mike, uh, even more than Tanisha, I think we need to applaud the girl on the couch for staying asleep this whole time. Tanisha's Hmm. taking pics. She's having full-blown conversations with the cops. There are like eight times during this story I already would have woken up if I was that girl. (laughs) Second, I think we need to say some fine police work. Am I right? Yeah. Just, hmm. (laughs) What do we do? I don't know. I got no idea. Eventually, the police came up. uh, I mean, just... I just love that, though. Just the the fact the cops with their semi-intrigued, hmm. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Pretty late. I don't really want to do anything. But they decided we're going to wake this lady up. And they woke the lady up. Turns out it was Kelly Bridger. K- 
Kelly Bridger uh, told police the reason she was in the house was that her grandma used to live in that house, and she just made a mistake. Ah, uh, yeah. Hmm. Which... <laughs> Which, sorry. I mean, you know, like, I, I guess, sure. Nope. Um, but, like, Tanisha replied, you know it's not Grammy's house. There's a big black woman asleep right here by herself. <laughs> Which, to Kelly's defense, who's to say her grandma isn't a big black woman that sleeps a lot? Just saying. Mm, very true. Y very true. We shouldn't make assumptions. I mean, she's probably not, but who knows? Most she likely. Could, she could yeah. be. Uh, I think the biggest follow-up, though, to Kelly's grandma having lived there would be, when did she live there? Hmm. You know? Because if the grandma moved out in, like, 2005, not such a good excuse, Mike. Yeah, not a good one. But if it's last year... It's still not great, but it's a better excuse, you know? A little bit better. You Just know? by a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's still not like, you know, uh, now I left out the, the major factor here that uh, uh, Kelly was also intoxicated. But... Um, oh, yeah, that'll do it. But <laughs> even with intoxication, you would think you'd walk in and be like, none of these things are my grandma's stuff. This is mm -hmm. off. No, none of that. Just right on the couch, asleep. Uh, yeah. Tanisha says she thinks that Kelly got into her house because her front door wasn't closed all the way. Word. Tanisha hmm. said sometimes when you slam it, doesn't go all the way. Wait, what? No offense to Denisha, but it seems like she's got a real lackadaisical approach to closing the door. <laughs> I don't know about you, Mike, but I don't just, ha, I'm sure it's closed. It's fine. Like, don't you check? I mean, yeah. I close the door, I lock the deadbolt, I put my little chainy do on there, and that's every single time like i don't yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i don't know what yeah. i don't know what tanisha's got going on but it basically no procedure like her closing her door seems like people putting on their mask like a year and a half into the pandemic like ah it's not covering my nose who gives a <laughs> all right let's get in here do some things it'll be fine like it just yeah i mean quick check just is it closed yeah, yeah it's good like anyways but uh, Tanisha ended by saying, uh, quote, she's making it seem like it's okay because her grandmother lived here. It's not. You don't walk into people's houses. She could have come in violent. She could have come in swinging, end quote. Mm -hmm. And uh, I completely am in agreement with Tanisha. Totally agree. That's all true. So true. Although I will say, Mike, just based off of the information that we have, from this story, if you tell me uh, Kelly's coming in swinging, I'm putting all my money on Tanisha. That's a fact. Gonna go ahead <laughs> for sure. There's no way Tanisha's coming. Uh, Kelly's coming out with a victory in that fight. That's not. No way. Mm -mm. No way. Mm -mm. Regardless, Mike Kelly was arrested for criminal trespassing. Um, so hopefully she won't be cruising into anybody ho anybody's houses uh, in the near future. Uh, n now that you've been told this story, Mike, Tanisha, <laughs> keep out a lookout for Tanisha and 
don't fall asleep on her couch. Unless, yeah, definitely don't fall asleep. Unless she asks you. <laughs> I mean, if she invites you to take a nap on her couch, totally. But I, I got a feeling. And if that happens, don't use her funeral blanket. Nope. Unless, <laughs> I, you know, now that we know what a funeral Unless blanket. you're cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, Mike, just, there was just Tanisha automatically. She just wrote me in. I was like. Tanisha had such because you you've heard so many stories in the past of people like being that you know that victim in that situation like I feel so violated there's a person in my home and Tanisha's just mm-hmm. like gets the cops and is like I know right look at this <laughs> ain't this some sh- ah, this person in my house can you believe it can you believe it? Like just uninvited. Just oh my god! Tay snaps a pic, pic of her. Just I mean, you wake up too, lady on your couch. Anyways, Mike, now that you know this, now that you know Tanisha is out there, keep a lookout for her. Just yeah, for sure. Also, keep a lookout for Caropolis. Now that you know that that exists, hmm. you know. Yeah. And to, <laughs> wherever that is northwest of uh, of pittsburgh it's like i okay. mean I, I mean i feel like even though i looked it doesn't seem like it's actually like listed as as part of the pittsburgh metro area but it looks like mm. it in pictures i mean it looks like it's there so like yeah it could be one of those like sub cities you know that's not like really listed but it's like everybody knows about it within the city it's pretty small caropolis it's only like six thousand people in caropolis but anyways this show is not about caropolis mike this show is ready to be fired up are you ready to fire it up Mm. it's fired up doc g all three engines up and burning Two, one, zero, and lift off. Mike, fantastic show. We have a young band out of Toronto. A short walk to Pluto is going to be on the show. Danny, Max, Emma, Jake. Uh, I can't wait to be ta- uh, talking to these guys. I've been following them for a while on uh, on the social medias. They've uh, they've got they've got so many good. They do so many good covers. They just get in there. Mm. They jam in their basement. Yeah. They get in there. They do, they do their thing. They've got new music coming out here in about a month. They're playing Blues Fest in Ottawa. Huge, huge uh, festival. Oh, that there. sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's uh, they, and they're opening for a band that we've had on the show, Crownlands. Very excited. Mm. Uh, cool. They're gonna have a good time. But first, Mike, we need to start where we start. Birthday suits. Who we got? Happy birthday, Mr. President. I'm what do we got? I'm pretty confident you got this one. Pretty confident. Okay. Uh I will put it on a ninety percent. Ninety-five. Ninety-five. Michael Jackson. No. <laughs> It is <laughs> Michael. J- I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, I'm feeling Michael Jackson's a February birthday. I don't know. I just mm, could be. I, I could be completely wrong. I'm gonna. I'm gonna check it out a little <laughs> bit later, the listeners. Uh, I. This is your. This is your time period. Uh, this is a rapper. I'm confident. I would put cool. it at a hundred percent, but you know, I never do a hundred. So here we go. Unless it's Michael Jordan. Um, born yeah. on July 6, 1975 in New York City, our birthday suit wearer had a difficult childhood. His mother died in a fire when he was eight. 
He was raised mm. by his grandmother after that. He started selling crack at the age of 12. Jeez. And when he wasn't selling drugs, he was boxing. What a hard in middle school. Selling drugs and boxing. Yeah. That is the kind of, of kid that the nerdy Ben Gordon would be like, whoa, we're, <laughs> we're going to try to get on the good side of this dude. <laughs> Man, let's, let's give this dude as many favors as we can to try to not yeah. get our ass kicked by him. <laughs> he was arrested multiple times in the early 90s but started rapping as a way of selling uh, of a way of getting out of selling drugs he wrote a infamous underground single called how to rob in 2000 that same year he was shot nine times wow including in the face and in the chest those are two areas you don't want to be shot, listeners. No. If you've if you've ever looked at areas not to be shot, those two are high on the list. Oh yeah, very high. Yeah, areas that are better, the butt. Word. A lot mm -hmm. of padding. You can take you can take a shot in the butt. Can't take huh. one. Can't face. Not a lot of padding there. A lot mm -hmm. of essential things too in the face. Bad area, guys. Anywho. Yeah. He survived, <laughs> and while he was in the hospital, he signed with Columbia Records, and in 2003, he released Get Rich or Die Trying with the fantastic songs Patiently Waiting, Many Men, In the Club, High All the Time, If I Can't, P-I-M-P, and 21 Questions. Straight bangers, Mike. Straight oh, yeah. bangers. So true. He then released The Massacre in 2005, which... Wasn't as applauded by critics, but still had Disco, Inferno, and Candy Shop. He then released the album Curtis in 2007, which did have the good uh, single I Get Money, which was a pretty big jam there. Uh, since Curtis hasn't really had many major successes on new albums, uh, in 2007, though, he did make $100 million when Coca-Cola bought vitamin water. That was nice mm. for him. However, by 2015, he had filed for bankruptcy, so that was a downer. Um, but he's had several good ventures after that bankruptcy, so hopefully he's doing well in the money department. Name that birthday suit wearer. 50 Cent. 50 Cent is correct. Curtis Jackson, my goodness. Nine times in the... In the face, one of those. That is... Uh, how? Yikes. How do you get shot in the face? And, like, yeah. 50 Cent has a nice face. He has Nine a great times. face. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Like, and that was after that, you know, he got he got jacked. That was when he got jacked. Mm -hmm. He he yeah. sort of did, like, a Rocky move. Like, I didn't include that in the, in the bio there, but, like, after he got a shot and he recovered, he went to like upstate New York, like Mike Tyson and just started training and got like all jacked. And I was just like, wow. All right. I, yeah. guess, I guess that's what you do when you have a little PTSD from getting attacked in the city. Like <laughs> just, For sure. I mean, but Talk to yeah. Um, I heard that, uh, well, I don't know. So 50 Cent got his, or he created 50 Cent in 1994. And I saw this meme 
that adjusted with inflation, he would be 84 cents now. But really, it's 99 cents adjusted with inflation. Really? Yeah, mm. I heard a correction. I saw a correction. Hey, Doc G, you might, might be able to uh, be a better fact checker for that one. But I think it's it would be 99 cents adjusted with inflation. I, I think he should be more worried about his bankruptcy than the inflation. <laughs> true. But, you know. Very uh, true. No sense. I do, I do love some get rich or die trying. Yeah. It's, uh, my God, what, what a banger, that whole yeah. album. Just so good. He came out with that, and I was, I mean, like, it's one of those few ones that I can almost go all the way through mm. without without changing a track. There's so many yeah. good tracks on there. I mean, and that uh, uh, Many Men and Patiently Waiting, two, yeah. two great really? bangers for lifting right there. Solid, if you're looking for songs. some workout jams, <laughs> yeah. those are some good workout jams. And, of course, I mean, if I can't, that's a... A classic workout jam. Anyways, happy birthday to 50 Cent. Uh, turning 47? 47. 47. Nice, nice. Happy birthday, 50 Cent. Still looking good for 47. Real good. Oh, yeah. Real good. Uh, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Yeah, what do we got? What do we got? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, we got some business in P County of Florida. In a P oh, yeah. County of Florida, specifically <laughs> Pasco oh. County. Oh, Pasco. Okay. Pasco County. Uh, we've got some serious business. A giant African land snail was found in a garden. Word. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that. Invasive species? Yes. Uh, oh, no. Yes, Mike. Uh, officials, Florida officials call this, quote, one of the most damaging snails in the world. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Which sounds about as intimidating as if they were like, it's one of the most bloodthirsty rabbits in the world. <laughs> like, I mean, damaging snails just doesn't sound right. But they, they are. They are damaging, Mike. Uh, the article goes on to say that giant land snails... Uh, and this is an exact quote. Giant land snails gobble up plants and can carry a parasite known to give people meningitis. Oh, yeah. What? Which, those two statements are really unequal in gravity. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like saying, my roommate Frank... He's just not a good guy. He's always drinking my milk, even though I put it on my side of the fridge, and he murders children. <laughs> like, it's uh, it's not good. Wait, hold on. What was the second one? That was, was way worse than the milk thing. Way like, worse. Just, <laughs> I, I'm guessing since you haven't heard of a giant African land snail, you haven't seen them, have you, Mike? Uh, no. They are giant. So, so true. Think, think a regular snail, and then make it the size of your hand. Okay, I think I've seen one in like um, I think I've seen them on you know just the internet, Doc G. I just didn't know that they were. They're they're invasive. they're a little alien looking, you know, because they're just so mm -hmm. huge. It's a very weird mm -hmm. thing. Uh, Mike, uh, they had a similar issue in 2011 in Miami. They had invasive. Yeah, with the with the uh, a giant African land snails, 
Wow. Yeah. And they got the iguanas. They got a lot of problems down there. And the pythons, probably. Yeah. Well, it's in the alpha glades, but yeah. Oh, no. They, they show up every now and then in Dade. Yeah. Um, mm. They uh, it took it, they showed up in 2011. It took until last year for the Federal Agricultural a- Agency to say they eradicated them from Miami-Dade County. Took, took 10 years, a decade... To get rid of these. Wow. Uh, apparently, investigators, again, real thing here. Apparently, investigators believe that the outbreak started because a religious leader in the area encouraged his followers to smuggle snails in so they could drink their mucus. Huh? Ugh. Weird. Yeah. I'm going to say right now, Mike, I'm going to need a mountain of evidence I mean, like several encyclopedias worth of evidence to convince me of drinking snail mucus <laughs> for anything. Yeah. Religious, medical, anything. You're going to have to show me <laughs> some real sources. Yeah, some real <laughs> evidence. This mucus is where it's at. But man, I mean, ugh. anyways, anyways, Mike. Another quick story out of uh, Florida here. This is uh, in Newport Ritchie. Newport Mm. Ritchie, uh, Florida. Jason Stoll. Jason Stoll owns a hot dog cart. And uh, as a hot dog cart vendor, he also has a permit that allows him to sell his hot dogs. But the permit only allows him to sell hot dogs until midnight. Mm. At midnight, he has to stop selling them. He's not allowed to sell them on the street past midnight. Well, this past Saturday, it was past midnight, and a cop sell, saw him selling his hot dogs. I'm guessing that's got to be a real thorn in Jason's side because you got to try to hit the uh, the boozers coming out of the of the bars. You know, you're like, hey, yeah, yeah, you want a hot dog? Sure. You dirty drunk, and they're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> of course, yeah. And now he can't do it. He can't do it, apparently. Um, so he was selling his hot dogs, and a cop saw him selling a hot dog. And the cop was like, hey, don't you sell that hot dog? And Jason was like, I'm selling this hot dog. And the cop was like, you're getting a citation if you sell that hot dog. And he's like, let me sell the hot dog. And the cop's like, no, you can't. I'm sorry. And Jason responded by... Throwing the wiener at the officer. Mmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, not good. Not a good idea. Now I nah. like I like how the next sentence in the article had to let us know that the officer was in a quote full police uniform at the time of the incident. Like like if the officer was in street clothes, it'd be totally totally acceptable to throw wieners <laughs> at his face. Like, I thought he was a regular dude. Come on, he's throwing wieners at his face. It's all right. It's good. It's not. It's not good. Um, Apparently, Jason was charged with battery on a law enforcement officer and resisting an officer without violence. Hmm. As the listeners are well aware, Mike, and you are too, I am no expert of the law. But I was listening to these two charges. Uh, if you're charged with battery on a law enforcement officer, wouldn't that be violence? I mean, you read both of those. Battery on a law enforcement officer and resisting an officer without violence. Hmm. 
Yeah, 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 for sure. That would be one would that would so, cancel it. So, so, so you're saying you beat the crap out of the law enforcement officer, and then you were like, "Okay, take me to jail now." <laughs> like, just I, mm, yeah. Now, the article closes by saying, if convicted, he could face up to a minimum of three years in jail. Three years? Are you joking? Three years. Ah. Tad excessive, Mike. Yeah. Tad, tad, tad excessive. Like, who in their right mind would say three years in jail makes sense? Like, if he threw a glass bottle, yeah. maybe. He throws a knife? Definitely. He throws a grenade? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, wiener? Probably not. Like, come on. Yeah. The three years, just a bit much. A bit much. Yeah. They got a lawyer. He's got to get a lawyer for that one. Come on, man. Lawyer up, What's Jason. Do lawyer not, up. Do not get sent to jail for throwing a wiener for three years. That is... I mean, I feel like I would advertise that on my hot dog cart, though, after that. Like, some kind of, like, renegade wieners or something, you know? Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you gotta, gotta lay into it after that. Uh, Mike... Last story here before we go to break. Interesting story out of Germany. We had a similar story about this uh, several months ago, but a former Nazi concentration camp guard was convicted of his crimes during World War II uh, just last week. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Schutz. Joseph Schutz uh, was uh, accused of being a concentration camp guard from 1942 to 1945 and was found guilty of 3,500 counts of accessory to murder. Oh, man, that's wild. He was sentenced to five years in jail. Five years. Five years. Now, a couple of other details about this story, Mike. He's uh, 101 years old. And uh, he claims that he was never at the concentration camp. He claims he was an agricultural laborer in a different area of the country. And on the last day of his trial, he said, I don't know why I'm here. Which, to his defense, that could just be because of the 101 years old, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> a little dementia. Where, yeah. where am I? Where <laughs> are these people? Uh, but a couple of things on this, Mike. I guess that is the positive of being accused of something like this literally 80 years after it happened. Like, you probably do. Like, in any other situation, they could just point to a, a photo and be like, there you are. But in this case, like, you probably look pretty different than those photos. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if only the U.S. Marshals were working on this case, Mike, they would throw out some age-progressed photos like you don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. They never stop looking, listeners. It's a little throwback from last week, if you don't know what I'm talking about, but go back and listen. Um, but, I mean, seriously, I do feel like they should have a picture of this guy in a uniform with his name on it somewhere. Like, there he is. That's him. Like, don't you think? Like, seems like it. I mean, I don't know. How, how often were they taking photos back in the day? I mean, they had I a guess couple. That's, that's true. They had, a, they had some, but that's true. Know, that's true. Some cameras. Anyways, he was found guilty, which is good. Uh, but like I said, it was only five years, which yeah, 
I'm not sure what the going rate for accessory to murder is, but I did the math, Mike. I did the math. That means he's doing 300 hours for each one of those accessory murders. Mm. And if we think back to the last story, Jason is potentially doing 26,280 hours for a wiener to the face. (laughs) Seems... A little uneven? I don't know. One seems a little bit more serious than the other. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, when he was leaving the courtroom, Joseph covered up his face when leaving the court, the 101-year-old dude. Because apparently they have privacy laws in Germany that they they like they don't release any information about these people. So, like, Mm. he can keep, you know, all the information that I got about this is from international news outlets because there's no international laws about it. But I was thinking about it, like, if they are those international laws, like, you're 101 and you're on trial for 3,500 accessories to murder, uh, you haven't really been knocking it out of the park to this point, you know? Like... Nope. What are you really saving with the old face covering? You might as well... eh. Let it flow. I'm just yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, just saying. Anyways, Mike, he was convicted, so five years for That's Joseph. Good. Yeah, yeah, Mike. But not good enough. Not, not good enough. Not doing it. And Jason, too much. Not enough, Joseph. Too yeah, much, Jason. Too much. Way uh, too much. Mike, we're gonna take a break. We are gonna be right back. We're gonna hear from our guest. This is a short walk to Pluto with harder to breathe. Right here on the Doc G Show. Day by day we're a little bit older
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, this is the time of the show where I let folks know they should follow and subscribe to. Yes, all of those things. All of those things they should do. You know, I'm not even going to go in the deets of it. They don't need to. They already know the deets. If they're listeners of the show, they know the deets. Am I right? They know the deets. They, they know. The, they, they should know by now. <laughs> and we're going to thank the regulars, Mike. Are you ready to thank mm-hmm. the regulars? Of course. Here we go. Shout outs. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, and Olive Branch, Mississippi. Shout out. Regulars, Mike. Regulars. Getting it in. We appreciate all of them. Yeah, we, we do. We appreciate all of them. We got an interesting list of semi-regulars here. Hmm. Okay. Here we go. Semi-regulars. Shout out. Shout out to Roswell, Georgia, Loveland, Ohio, Clear Lake, California, Herndon, Virginia, Owensburg, Kentucky, Portland, Oregon, Los Angeles, California, Fourth, Fourth, Fort Mitchell, Fourth, <laughs> Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. San Antonio, Texas, uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, Charlotte, North Carolina, South Portland, Maine, Ulysses, Kansas, Rhodes, Greece, Lansing, United Kingdom. Shout out. There you go. Hmm. Okay. go. Rhodes, Greece. What Rhodes. is it? Oh, Rhodes, Greece. Rhodes. Lansing, United Kingdom. Okay. There it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was all like one thing. I was like, whoa, that's a, that's a really long, yeah. <laughs> Ulysses, Kansas. I was like, is that close? Is that close to Kansas City? Were those people looking out for Kansas City? Because I was saying we needed more Kansas City listeners. Mm. No, it's out in the middle of nowhere, Mike. <laughs> Can- Ulysses, Kansas is just out there. Like it's in the southwest side of Kansas. My goodness, mm-hmm. is there nobody out there? What's going on out there? What do these people do? But I, hey, thanks for listening. I don't know. What yeah, you, I for mean, sure. Uh, apparently, what's going on out there is the Doc G Show, and I appreciate. Yeah, that. that's true. That's but true. but uh, yeah. Aside from that, not much, Mike. Not much. Tornadoes. I mean, I I feel like yeah, there has to be a lot of like farming. Pretty <laughs> farming, much. Pretty farming much. Farming and it. weather. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like it's a little bit above you know the the panhandles. Of of uh, of of Oklahoma and the little the little top hat of Texas. Mm-hmm. It's basically they're right near there. They could probably they I could I would guess they could hit both of those states in like three hours maybe. I don't. Mm. Know. Anyways, Ulysses, Ulysses. Doc G, can I yeah. say something? I think we need, and I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I can already. I'll just lead up to by saying that we need a we need a twist or two. Bill Paxton, we need the whole cast back. Yeah? Yeah, we need a twist or two. I really enjoyed that movie a lot. <laughs> I okay. love that movie. All right. <laughs> I, 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 this might be an unpopular thing for listeners. I, I don't know if I've ever seen all of it. I know I've seen parts of it. Hmm. 
I don't know if I've seen the whole Twister movie before. Yeah. I remember I it was a VHS. pretty big phenomenon when movie. it came out. Yeah, they were it was you know, it's a pretty big blockbuster. I remember yeah, all the commercials great. and everything. Yeah. At first, <laughs> I didn't make the connection that you were saying the movie. Like at first I thought you were oh. just saying there needs to be a her- uh, tornado and I was like <laughs> I don't know if we need one. I don't think the yeah, people. No. I don't think the people of Ulysses <laughs> are agreeing with you right now. No, movie. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I Twister Two, it. the movie. Sounds good. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to some people, Mike. We'll see if we can. Get <laughs> Let's see if we can get something started. Go fund you, me. <laughs> you know me. I've got lots of connections in that realm, so yeah. I'll be able to make it happen. Mike, uh, one quick story before we go to a new uh, a new segment. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Get excited, new segment. Okay. But oh. first, we got a leftover story. Uh, Mike, have you ever been on a plane where they do the whole offer you a bribe to get off the plane? Like, hey, we need somebody to get off the plane. We'll give you vouchers or money. You know? Yeah, they I think o- so. But you know, I'm like, no way. <laughs> they like- overbook the flight. Yeah, yeah. Now, what if they did that? You said no way, but what if they did that with ten thousand dollars? Hmm. Yeah, I would probably wait. I would definitely wait. Yeah. Jason Atten was offered that this past week. He was offered ten thousand dollars, and he turned it down. What? He turned it down. And not surprisingly, Mike, he got some blowback on social media for saying that. Uh, Let me stop right here, Mike, and say, you know, if airlines have enough money to offer $10,000 for somebody to get off a plane, airlines make too much money. Well, I think for sure. I think (laughs) I think we can go ahead and agree to that. Like $10,000. King's Ransom? Eh, get off the plane. There we go. Eh, that's it. Like, <laughs> seems like a bit much. Two, if an airline offers me $10,000 to get off a plane, I will get off immediately yeah. and drive wherever I am going. I don't care if yeah. it's England. You, I will get, yeah. on a, <laughs> get on a ferry and be like, all right, let's go. Like, Mike, just imagine this. I was thinking about this as far as the $10,000. Just imagine this awesome situation. Mm. Your friend is getting married, and they've told you mm-hmm. you need to go to their wedding, right? And you're like, yeah. son of a bee. Oh, God. Yeah. And they live across the country, you know? Oh, yeah. You're not going to the wedding. You're hanging out, in lo- <laughs> but it's your best friend. Like, it's your I, best yeah, friend, sure, and you sure. have to. I mean, for sure. In this hypothetical situation. Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're I'm like, oh, wedding. God. And you're on the plane just dreading the whole thing. And then the flight attendant comes on over the intercom and says, we'll give $10,000 to the next person that gives up your seat. And you're like, (laughs) yes! And you give up your seat. And then you've got an out, too. You can be like, oh, man, Jeff, they, they overbooked the flight. Like, oh, my God, I so wanted to be at your wedding. But they overbooked it, bro, and they threw me off the flight. Yeah, can you believe that? I really wanted, <laughs> I really wanted to be at your wedding, man. I wanted to talk to your estranged aunt, get some food, and wear dress clothes. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I couldn't, and I totally don't have ten thousand extra dollars. 
That totally did not happen. So, just, I mean... Oh my God, that would be that would be like a, a Ben Gordon lottery right there. I would be so jazzed if that happened. <laughs> There'd be so many bonuses of that situation. Anyways, Mike, new segment, <laughs> new segment we're going on to here. Uh, you know, in sports, especially in basketball, they love to compare generations. You know, mm-hmm. they love to say like, "Oh man, Bill Russell." Versus Akeem Olajuwon, who would win? Who would win, you know? They sort of do that number. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, and then they, they sort of moved that over to music. They started doing the versus battles, if you remember. You, mm-hmm. you ever watched any of those versus battles? Hmm, no, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not too into them, I gotta be honest. Like, I mean, they're all right, but I'm like, I can just listen to these songs on my own. I don't need to see the. Yeah. I don't need to see these dudes just spinning their records up in front. Like, oh, you remember me making this jam? I totally made this jam. <laughs> like, you know. But it's like every DJ Khaled concert. Exactly. Pretty much. Pretty much. He just plays. Yeah. Except it's all you know. It's everybody. It's Swiss Beats. It's French Montana. It's all these dudes. But I decided I want to do something like that, but not the whole artist. I just want to compare songs. I want to take two songs that are similar sort of styling, similar genre, but different uh, generations, and put them head to head. You know? Generation to generation, who's coming out? Song to song, who's coming on top? Hmm. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. I call this segment, Mike, Dueling 45s. Say what? Nice. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, listeners, did you see what I did there? That's a double entendre right there. Double entendre. If you look it up and tell me why it's a double entendre before next show, I'll give you extra credit if you do that. Any (laughs) listeners out there that can do that. Uh, Mike, I want to emphasize here, these uh, these decisions that we make in this segment, they're not set in stone. They're merely how we're feeling on the day of the show. So if you ask me the next day, it could change. Okay, that's fair. Because it's 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 all it's all feeling of the show. Now, Mike, we're gonna okay. do the dance genre today. We're going dance music. We're going baby boomers versus Generation Z. Okay. Nineteen seventy-seven versus two thousand nineteen. <laughs> BGs staying alive versus the weekend blinding lights. Mm. Ooh, Mike. I set this up myself, obviously, and I gotta say, I set up a tough one. I set up a tough yeah. one. Yeah. I wrestled with these two for 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 days after I thought about this segment. I was like, which one? Which one? I love both of these jams. I mean, both of these make you groove. As soon as you hear both of these songs, sure. you want to groove. There's no denying. On this show, Mike. I mentioned how I groove to both of these, and you can't not groove to both of these. Staying Alive made yeah, Saturday impossible. Night Fever the most popular soundtrack of all time. Blinding Lights already has three billion streams on just Spotify alone. Three billion, what? Three billion. Insane. Three billion. Mike, what do you think? What do you think I'm going with? Hmm. 
I'm gonna say Bee Gees, staying alive. I don't know, I mean, that's just a guess, but. It's too iconic. Kind of... I gotta go with yeah. it. I gotta go with it. Yeah. It just, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, Weekend. The Bee Gees are just too kick when it comes yeah. to staying alive. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, numbers, you could probably put The Weekend up there. And, uh, you know, For sure. on some days I'll probably li rather listen to The Weekend. But I gotta, right now, I gotta say, you put on a little staying alive. I, I can't help but groove, Mike. I can't help. Yeah. It's it's just too much. It's too much. So there you go. Dueling 45, BG staying alive, wins out this week. If you don't believe, go ahead. Email us, guys. Email us and tell us. Uh, no. Incorrect, sir. Incorrect. <laughs> also, if you have two songs that you want us to do, send them our way. Give us, mm. give us those two songs. Give us those two songs. Um, Mike, we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back with Emma, Danny, and Max from A Short Walk to Pluto right after we hear Yorkley right here on the Doc G Show.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are very excited to have a terrific band out of Toronto. They'll be playing Blues Fest in Ottawa next week. A short walk to Pluto. Guys, how's it going? Going well. How are you, Ben? Doing good. Doing good. So, first time playing Blues Fest. You guys are going to be performing right before friends and former guests of the show, Crownlands. How excited are you to get on the stage? Oh, I'm pumped. I have been wanting to play a festival like this since I could sing a and carry a tune. <laughs> now, do you guys already, uh, do you know Crownlands? Yeah. We know their music. Uh, you know, obviously we're, we're big fans of them. We don't know them personally, but, uh, you know, they seem like terrific, uh, terrific guys. And uh, obviously they're musicians, each one of them individually, so... Uh, and as a band, they play so tight. So we're really looking forward to playing with them. Awesome. I know we also share a lot of similar influences as well in terms of uh, writing and, and the kind of sonics that uh, that both our bands going for. So we're really excited to see um, see them live, meet the guys, uh, you know, see their fans. It's uh, it's going to be amazing. Well, I was I was going to throw that in there. I've noticed uh, along with that similarity vein. On, on Instagram, I've noticed you guys have had a whole bunch of, uh, no, not a whole bunch, but you've had posts about Rush. You know, you've done covers of Rush. You had a couple of uh, in remembrance of uh, of Neil. Now, that's obviously one of Crownland's big inspirations as well. And I will throw out there that when they were on the show, uh, Kevin of Crownland's, he did the Doc G Show Rush Quiz. And if any of you guys want to try it, I don't know. He got a five out of five on the quiz. He he, he made my Rush Quiz look like it was for kindergartners. I'm going to be honest. Like, Not only did he do the quiz, but he also added extra information to all of my questions. And I was like... Oh, no. Uh, oh no! That's the I greatest should. thing I've ever heard. Like, it, that's that's amazing. <laughs> he he was he is. If you want to talk rush with somebody, talk rush with Kevin. He will know everything that you want to talk about. He will be all over it. I was I was reading up on an interview that, that he did. I don't know where it was, but um, you know he was talking about I think Xanadu, um, and and you know what a huge influence that song specifically was on on his stuff, and you, know, you could really see it with. You know, he plays his double neck Rickenbacker, and and um, you know he just the, the sonics of that song you can clearly see in in uh, a lot of what uh, Crownlands does now. And um, I think you know for a lot of Rush fans, myself included, that was that was kind of the big you know song that you know you hear and you go wow, and uh, uh, and you know you're immediately a Rush fan right off that. And uh, so uh, so I think uh, <laughs> that's that's something that that we definitely share in common as well there. Well, I mean, you guys started out as a power trio like Rush before before Emma came along there. Um, <laughs> where would you say, as a band, would you say that Rush fits as for sort of an inspiration? Does it hit your Mount Rushmore for Americans of uh, of uh, best bands for inspiration? I, I would for definitely sure. say so. Yeah. Um, Man, the the influence that those guys had on arrangements, the professionalism that they had on their instruments, and how they they were crafting their sound was unbelievably influential. Um, especially starting out, you know, trying to you know, as young musicians, it's hard to find something that really grabs you, and, and these guys just had it all. And then Eddie's melodies, you know, to be able to put 
complex melodies with these intricate lyrics that Neil's, Neil was writing over these unbelievable arrangements and some of these longer songs and whatnot is was just was mind blowing. And you know, we we try to we try to encapsulate that best we can in, in, in our music. So yeah, that's definitely a massive, massive influence for us. Nice, nice. Well now uh you guys with Emma have only been singing together, playing together for like about a year, a little bit over a year. That's uh, year and a half now, yeah. Yeah. Which, which is crazy. And I mean it's only been two years before that, really, to a little bit over two years that you guys have been, you know, the formally a band. And correct me if I'm wrong, Danny, you and 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 Max and, and Jake went to high school together. Correct. Yeah, you did your research. Yeah, the uh, the three of us were in uh, were in high school together here in Toronto, and uh, uh, that's where we met and started gelling as musicians together. We were we were kind of always asked to play all you know the pep rallies and uh, and any kind of major uh, yeah, you know event that the school was hosting. We were asked to play some rock tunes for them. And, nice. Uh, so that's where we actually, you know really started gelling as musicians, and then you know later along down the line, you know Emma comes along and and kind of completes that four piece really nicely. So yeah. Um, so yes. Yeah, so very fortunate to have met Emma and because uh, you know none of us can really sing so <laughs> I don't know I don't know about that you guys that's you, not true yeah you guys you guys got some pipes that's uh you know in the in the earlier EP for sure um what now so you guys played a good deal when when did you first start playing together in was it before high school was it at the start of high school yeah so the band uh, the band was was a, a dream that Jake and I had, funnily enough, after we were going to go see a Liam Gallagher show in Toronto, and there was an electrical issue. So we were like, all right, screw this. Let's go to a record shop, just hang out. And on the on the streetcar ride over, we were talking about, you know, how have we not formed an official band? Because Dan, as Danny said, we played pep rallies and stuff together, and we'd always jammed. We'd always been massive fans of the same kind of music. So we don't know why we, we didn't put it together. So we we realized, you know, we, we got we got to start this thing. I think we're all like pretty good musicians kind of thing. And then we uh, we brought Danny in just after that. Uh, and a short walk to Blue was born around about 2018. Uh, and then came the long hunt for uh, for a singer. So we did a couple a uh, couple trials with a, with a couple vocalists, uh, Danny and Jake also being one of them. And then Emma coming along about a year and a half ago, uh, really tied it all together. So, so as far as the the vocalist, Danny, did you did you ever want to be the vocalist, or was that just sort of the cover that you were like, okay, until we find somebody else, I'll sing? Yeah, yeah, no, you hit the hit the nail on the head there. I think it was really a matter of you know kind of tying us down until we could find somebody because you know we we wanted to play, we wanted to perform, and, and you know uh, gig around Toronto as much as we could. And so you know Jake and I were kind of holding that mantle as long as we could, but. You know, at, at a certain point, you know, it, you kind of hope that somebody, the right fit, comes along, and, and you know, we were very fortunate that Emma did. Um, you know, it was never our intention to uh, to necessarily fill that band as a three piece with uh, one of myself or Jake singing, but um, you know, it was something we had to do temporarily until we could find the right fit. And, uh, I'm, I'm happy we held out as long as we did as well. It was it was a, it was an important step, nonetheless. I think, especially Danny, you're, um, you know learning how to how to how to deal with melodies and stuff like that and learning how to fit bass lines around melodies and vice versa i think that was a very important step in your kind of musical growth early on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and it was 
it was it was important. It was a big learning curve uh, to take on early on, and I think it was an important learning curve, like you said, Max. Like uh, it, it was. It there's something about you know thinking as a vocalist that helps being a musician as well, right? It helps learn how to write parts around a vocal melody, and in turn also helps write a melody around a vocal part or yeah. around an instrumental part. So sure. um, so yeah, so definitely an important uh, learning curve there. Nice. But nice. it was always it was always the intention that, you know, we need to find someone to really really take up that mantle, right? Like 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 Danny and Jake could hold it down. We played a few shows before the pandemic, uh, as a three piece kind of thing. Uh, I will say, uh, in terms of gigging, what really wasn't until the pandemic started lifting that we really started hitting hitting shows hard as a short rock to Pluto, with this lineup especially. But we always knew that we needed to find that that extra piece, right? We knew that the kind of music that we wanted to write and the kind of music that was very influential for us, Rush being one of them, uh, we, we needed someone that was very competent vocally, right? So um, no offense, Danny, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we weren't, we weren't quite there. And I don't know if we really quite had the time to really spend spend all that time to build it, build it up. So having someone like Emma join was really really crucial to band development and also bringing in a bunch of different influences, right? Which is also hugely important. We don't want to just be, you know, a prog rock kind of band. We also need, we need other elements as well. Well, let's, let's talk about that because it does seem like you guys have a bunch of, of different inspirations there. And I'll, I'll fill in for Jake because I, I did uh, go snooping around on his Instagram and I found <laughs> out as far as uh, his first major inspiration on drumming was Steven Adler. Uh, from Guns N' Roses, which I was like, wow. Very influential. I was like, that's, I mean, as good as Steven Adler is, you don't normally hear him that much, which I was surprised. I was like, all right. King of swing rock. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's, uh, he always he always loves those cowbell <laughs> hi-hat, like, intros, you know, if you think Night Train. Little, little shuffle, but still edge to it. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, Emma, I heard Elvis huge inspiration uh, was was that yes. the first big inspiration singing wise that was the first inspiration period that was the first like coming home from the hospital newborn baby my godfather drove me home my dad's truck and that was the first like that was the first song i listened to was elvis's jailhouse rock and it's stuck with me since i have a tattoo of it wow I was saying elvis has left the building it's in my grandfather's handwriting a memorial to him when he passed away um, and yeah, I've been like, Elvis has been like a huge thing of mine. I, I went to the, went to Nashville with my dad a few years ago before the pandemic and recorded Jailhouse Rock at the Ryman and anything that was Elvis related. My family was all over for me because I was, I was an obsessed little kid. And let me tell you, when I found out he was no longer with us, that was a very sad, sad day for three-year-old Emma. <laughs> Three. Okay. I was about to say how... <laughs> How long? How long did that take? It's like you were. Took three. You were eighteen. He's no longer with. What? No! Come on! Uh, no, not that long. Cause I, I, I saw the Wiggles live when I was three, and mm. I was like, "Mom, I want to see Elvis." And she was like, "I hate to break it to you, kid. It's gonna be tough. Um, it's gonna be a while before you see that man. It's gonna so be real that. tough." <laughs> Uh well well have you seen the have you seen the new movie with Tom Hanks and I haven't oh no no oh, I no. haven't yet that's on my it's on my bucket list I am we're we're busy people and I I happen to work two jobs outside of doing this so I don't I don't have a lot of free time unfortunately but 
it is on the list. It'll get there. And I'm hoping I'm hoping it'll be sometime this week. But if not, I'm just gonna copyright it somewhere. I don't yeah, know. I gotcha. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta get out there. Well, how how big are you on the uh, the peanut butter banana bacon sandwiches like Elvis? Do you ever get down on that? I got on the peanut butter banana part. The bacon, not so much. It's a little. Um, that's a little out there. Yeah. Mm, separately delicious for breakfast when it's just like on your plate looks delicious together not a flavor combo i expect to have ha- have you you've tried it though <laughs> no god okay. no, no no just a peanut butter <laughs> banana i i will say that was something that i had for breakfast for at least two years of my okay. life knowing that it was elvis's favorite breakfast. there you go there you go i like yeah. it and dedication dedication yeah <laughs> uh, along that lines uh, of elvis Recent mm. cover you guys did, Alana Miles, uh, uh, Black Velvet. Yeah. Um, was that your was that your uh, choice, Emma? Were you pushing that one? Yeah, <laughs> I did actually. I pushed it for a little. Um, we do so many covers that sometimes I'll say something and the guys will be like, "Oh, that'd be cool," and then we just we have so many other things right. we're doing. So finally, we did it, and it's it's such a good song. Alana Miles is. is definitely one. Um, Alanis is also another female singer. Love her voice. I'll also Paramore, like kind of in that realm of those like raspy, harder, kind of like grungier sounds, little twang to them. I've been told that I have a country sounding voice, which mm. I take and I wear, mm. but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like just like Alana Miles, Alanis, um, Haley Williams, like girls like that, like those are the women that I look up to. They're just so inspirational. For sure. For sure. Well, mm. Danny, what, what, what got you on the bass? What was uh what was the the big inspiration? Was it Getty? Well, no, so you know what? It's funny actually. I don't think I had already been playing bass for I think a good 3 or 4 years before I'd even heard my first Rush song. Um I was I was about 14 and you know I just started in high school and um I think it, you know as fate had it, I actually I missed the first day of school where uh, all the students got to pick out their instruments and mm-hmm. and you know pick out Actually, it was, out, it was mainly a, a wind instrument class, so you know I should have been playing saxophone or uh, uh, or flute or something of that variety. But uh, I think the only thing that was left really was uh, was the upright bass. So I started out on the upright bass and um, did that for four years. And uh, I think by my second or third year of high school, I was transitioning to uh, to electric bass for our jazz band, and uh, and that's how it started. So I started a little bit in a jazz background, and then. Uh, kind of evolved from there but yeah as soon as i heard of getty it kind of uh i took off from there (laughs) i i always think i mean upright bass without the frets just always seems so much more difficult i mean does it does it make you a better bassist in the long run to be able to play without the frets well you know it's funny actually like that's the next thing on my uh on my uh list of uh of uh, grocery uh, thing items to buy is the fretless base. I'd love to get my hands on one, but um, it's it's super hard <laughs> knowing exactly where you're playing, man. And it, it's so hard to tell if you're even in tune, just because uh, you know you know a quarter of an inch down the yeah. fretboard, you could be in be out of tune. So um, yeah, it's it's a lot harder in my opinion. I have a lot of respect for, for upright fretless bass players, and uh, yeah, um, it's. Uh, a complicated thing and you know it's not there's a reason i haven't gone back to it in a couple of years and uh because uh it's because those frets make a, a hell of a difference <laughs> it's 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 sort of like french horn and the way they have to 
modulate the notes there with their hand that I'm just like, what the hell? The? It's also like when my band director would always, she, she had perfect pitch and she would just go back there and tune the timpani drums without, you know, anything and just be like, that's a C. And I'm just like, what? So cool. I wish I could do perfect that. Perfect pitch people always freak me out. Like there's no way. It's it's amazing. It's just one of those things that I'm just like, what a superpower. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, Max, what got you into uh, playing guitar? Well, um, I remember I dabbled a little bit in music with piano uh, right when I was like eight or nine. And one, one day I woke up and my brother and my dad were leaving the house. And I asked, hey, where are you guys going? And my dad said, oh, we're going to a music store to pick Leo up a guitar. He wants to start taking lessons. And I just said, well, can I come? <laughs> So, you know, no, I never really expressed interest in guitar. I never thought music was going to be a thing. You know, I, I vaguely knew like Rush, ACDC, Van Halen, that kind of stuff. But I wasn't really that into it. But I picked up the guitar and the first song I learned was Crazy Train. And I was just obsessed. You know, even just a bomb, 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 bomb. Just playing that for like an hour straight was just was just amazing. And then I played the actual riff. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And, and my guitar teacher and my parents, you know, discovered earlier on that I had a big passion for this. So, you know, they they really did everything they could to, to help me, you know, realize it kind of thing. And I'm, I'm very grateful on that front. And then once, you know, I started getting into guys like Satriani, Steve Vai, Eric Johnson, you know, things just went to a whole other level, right? And then you start learning about, you know, modes and theory and uh, the more complicated stuff some of the more intricate techniques and it just kind of spiraled from there <laughs> it got a little out of hand oh no it got oh, yeah. got oh. crazy guys well now you guys cover all kinds uh cover songs you know when you look at the the, the different artists that you you've you've covered aerosmith and rush and stone temple pilots and just all, all over the board. Emma mentioned it a little bit there. Is, is there is there a strategy for you guys to put out those covers, or is it just sort of like, let's play this. This is the we want to play this today. Let's play this. Yeah, well, it's a little twofold. I mean, there's there's the element of like, hey, I think it'd be good to you know stretch these muscles a little bit. You know, try practicing. You know, or putting this cover out because we like the song and we want to see if we can incorporate that into our playing. It's a good practice thing. And then there's also the element of we know that this could reach a lot of people on TikTok and Instagram. And, you know, it's sometimes it can be hard to find that thing that draws in the audience, right? Because ultimately the goal is to have our original music be centerfold, right? But when, when you're starting out, it can be challenging. So there's, there's kind of the, those two angles uh, with regards to covers. Uh, I, w I was going to mention that as far uh, along with that, uh, your, your social media game, pretty strong on TikTok and Instagram, pretty straightforward. You know, it's, it's the idea of, hey, we're jamming, watch us jam. That's, I mean, you know, uh, makes sense. It's the kind of of social media posts that I like because I'm like, this is this is what they do. This is their talent. This is it. You guys have, have done it really regularly since Emma joined the band. Uh, as far as those, um, as far as the posts, was it a conscious effort of the band? Like, hey, were you modeling it off of other band sort of successes as far as social media, or was it one of those things that it just sort of 
started getting a little bit more and more let's post one let's post another let's post another it really came from a point of um you know max jake and i for example in high school all we did was was jam covers you know we never really got to a point where we were writing original music until uh you know well after we had graduated and begun a show walking pluto um and so i think you know this is really what you're seeing on tiktok and on instagram and you know whenever we do those covers it's really just kind of what we've been doing anyways but um it, you know it's, it's a passion we already had uh you know just playing some really great music and um and you know i think when we record that stuff and we put it out there that's really what you're seeing is you're, you're just seeing you know the four kids in a basement that like jamming covers every now and then right yeah um and it got to a point where we kind of we didn't really see it as in you know we, we saw we didn't see bands necessarily doing the whole covers thing and post that stuff it, it wasn't really something that we modeled after anybody as much as it was just us doing what we really enjoyed doing and, and it's what we continue to do now no um, you can't forget the comedy know. stuff that's all yeah <laughs> occasionally you see the those like little like comedy skits that we do yeah um, obviously you know musically mainly on tiktok <laughs> Listen, Man, we're yeah. hilarious. We're hilarious, and I think people need to understand that we're hilarious. They need to so understand that. that out there. <laughs> they they need to grasp this concept. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so unfortunate Jake isn't here because he's like the funniest guy. He's, so he's like funny. the most unintentionally funny person. I do like unintentionally like, funny people. They are the he, best. He was so quiet when I first met him because obviously, like, he didn't know who I was, and I thought he was. Oh, he maybe he'll warm up to me eventually. And the first few things that came out of his mouth were the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. It was hilarious. So it's kind of sad he's not here. He'll probably make you chuckle quite a bit. Were they weird? Were they funny because they're weird? Or is it... No. Oh. They were just funny. Like, he's just, he's so <laughs> clever. He's so... Like, yeah. all of it, like, all the guys are clever in their own way. But, like, the, the way that, like, Jake just, like, comes to, a, like, a punchline, it's so funny. Doc, you, you ever hear the, you know, the stereotype around just, like, the band kids... Yeah, and you know how the band is always kind of like weirdly like funny in their own right. You don't really expect it coming from them, but they are. That's like I think Jake just like embodies that, uh, and I think you you can really tell when you speak to him. Every now and then, I mean, even though I, I obviously most of his posts on social media are music related, for some reason I get a very John Mulaney vibe from him. I don't know what it is. <laughs> there's there's something. Yeah, it's, it's it's there. I love that. Um. I, I was creeping around the old Instagram page, and uh, obviously one of my favorite things to do on there is uh, read ridiculous comments. And um, a, a, a couple things from the comment section. First off, it amazes me how many people were focused on your feet. I don't know yeah. if you guys have noticed that. <laughs> no, not at all. What are you talking That's, about? People look at our feet? There's a whole bunch of comments about like, hey, you guys don't have any shoes on. What's going on with that? Hey, why are you guys in your socks? And I'm like, they're downstairs. What do you think? Why Why are they not? We're inside on a carpet. Yeah. Like, apparently, it's a Canadian thing. Like, I didn't realize that this was like a like a whole Canadian tradition that you take your shoes off at home. Like, we're I... in someone's home. Like, you don't want to track mud and be disrespectful. Like, come on. You got to respect the band room. Yeah, I, I don't th I don't think it's a Canadian <laughs> thing. I think I think just people aren't grasping the concept that like you came over to a house to play. Like you're not it, it's not like you're at a concert venue and you're like, "All right, guys, we're taking our shoes off. Here we go." Like just it, I was very like it's our, it's our basement. <laughs> yeah, well like I, I was going through the comments and there'd just be a comment after comment like, "Hey, 
what's the deal with the socks? What's going on? I'm like, <laughs> what? what's the deal with any of the clothes they're wearing? They're wearing them because they're inside. Like, what's wrong with you? Uh, it's, it's great. And we started leaning into it, too. Like, we try to wear the goofiest socks we can now. I've noticed. And, yeah. I noticed they're pretty jazzy. You got some pretty jazzy I whole, socks. I had a whole gang of people that loved my chicken nugget socks at one point. That was kind of cool. Great <laughs> <laughs> sock collection. Emma's Emma's definitely got the best sock collection. Oh, although I will say, just in general, it always blows me away on people's. The fanaticism of of feet, which uh, weirds me out to no degree, just no end. That I'm like, what? Quentin Tarantino's over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, what is this? Is too much? But the other thing that I noticed in the comments that I mean, it's interesting. I'm amazed how many people say on your cover videos, "Hey, nice cover." Do you do any original material? And I'm like. <laughs> I feel like uh, if I classic. I feel like if I were you guys, I would I couldn't help myself but be sarcastic ass situations and just be like, no, no, no. You could uh, check two posts before this, or you could oh, it's hard. look it's at our hard. website or our Spotify page or our bio or any of the. You know what? Never mind. Like, just is yeah. how how Those three pinned videos at the top. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they miss it. I don't I think TikTok is like so like, like you consume it in such small doses that you're like, oh, these kids are cool. Why aren't they doing original stuff? Well, if you went to our page, yeah. right there. Yeah. But also you're not your your brain goes, I'm going to make this silly comment and then I'm going to move on because it doesn't affect me in any way. Yeah, it's just That's, a, happens a lot of the time. Need a little check and balance, just a little a little safety net before you send it out. But there's no safety net. It's just comment. Move on. Let's 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 get it. <laughs> You point out the two the two biggest issues we have with the internet, which is the feet comments and the original content. <laughs> the two biggest beefs that we have with, with TikTok and our followers. So I that and nobody likes my pants. They always hate that I wear ripped pants. I'm playing rock enough. music. They hate my ripped pants, but I'm a rock musician. I don't. I, I like I like ripped pants. I don't know. I've always been a fan of ripped pants. I don't. You guys should go check out our uh, our cover on YouTube. We have a song, uh, SpongeBob cover called "Ripped Pants" out yes. there. It's got like half a million hits. Yes. Yes. Classic. Our first viral viral piece of content. There you ripped go. Pants. Well, that's I mean, what sold me on them. That was the video that I was like, oh yeah, I want to be a part of this. <laughs> As. As well it should have. Oh, Spongebob cover. That's necessary. I need to be in this band. Note to self. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier. Obviously, the goal for any band like yourself is to get to that original material. Is there... Is there I, I've had this conversation with a bunch of artists who are, you know... I guess you would say almost social media influencers first and then musicians second just because of how much people pay attention to them on social media and i ask them like you know is it is it upsetting to have it that way do you want to freak out on people and be like hey listen to the music that's all we care about we don't care about any of these other things have you guys discussed that as far as i mean obviously like i said uh you know you don't have this huge, massive following on social media, but are you ever concerned, like, we don't want that to outpace our music as far as our actual, you know, our actual originals? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's something that we're, we're, we're definitely conscious of. And we try to, you know, we, we've, we've had advice from industry people before about like, okay, make sure you don't only do original stuff because you need, you need, um, you need people to come to you organically and that doesn't typically work out as well. Mm. But you can't only do the covers as well. If you want the original music to be your feature, you have to, you have to put out that content as well. Yeah. So it's a challenge for sure. And we're, and we're still adjusting. Um, but for example, we have a release that we're planning um, right about a month from now. We have the song recorded. We're just in the process of getting it mastered. Um, you know, when, when that comes, comes around, you know, we're, we're going to do a lot of posting on TikTok and, uh, and Instagram around that. And, you know, we're going to, tr- we're going to incorporate kind of the stuff that's made us popular in the past, like the comedy. Right. And we're going to make skits nice. about the, uh, about the release and whatnot. And we're, we're going to have fun with it. So hopefully, you know, our, our following on TikTok and Instagram will, will, will see that as well, you know, come for the, come for the heart cover, but stay for the original music. Kind of thing. Put in the little extra leg work to actually go listen to the song. Um, yeah, I, I will say one of the things that's promising definitely for you guys is that, you know, I was looking over like the views and whatnot, uh, not, so, not as much on TikTok, but on Instagram, your most viewed videos were your originals. So yeah, it, yeah, we, we, we were, we were quite surprised by that too. And honestly, so grateful for that. Like some of the songs that we were putting on there, we're so excited about, we're hoping to get into the studio soon. So like we have a song that we were, we were jamming called me, my dog and our time machine, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the best title ever. Danny wrote uh, the lyrics on it. It's about, you know, trying to go back in time to escape the turmoil of today's world and just kind of having fun in the past and whatnot. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a song that I think us jamming got like 60,000 views or something. We're so, so excited about that because it was getting a lot of positive feedback as well. For sure. It's, it's got a great vibe. I did love, I just love the, the riff on that, uh, on that song, or at least the, the, the portion that you put out. Um, thank you. Yeah. We're actually going to debut it live at, uh, at Blues Fest. Should be like our uh, second song. What, so was that? Was that what you were alluding to when you said uh, the toughest song that you might uh, screw up on uh, playing oh, live? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a challenge. It's a challenge I'm, for sure. I'm terrified to sing that one. That one is like the most vocally challenging song I think we've done thus far. Mm. 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 Well, and there's a lot of time signature changes. It switches to seven a lot so so you would say i i was just thinking about that because um uh, going back to to rush there at the start uh you know that in the rush documentary it's always the thing that i was i feel like different about rush than a lot of bands is that they always would just be like how can we make this harder on ourselves Let's try to make this harder yeah. on ourselves. Like, whereas, you know, a lot yeah. of other bands would just go into their comfort zone. I mean, is that something that you guys look to do to a degree? I mean, obviously, you're not just masochists. Like, let's make this musically impossible. But, like, is that something you do like to do as far as when you're making songs? Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. The idea is to make it a challenge to play, right? I think I think what makes it fun to play is when it's challenging, and, and you know you feel sort of a sense of satisfaction once once you you know you really nail a piece and uh, um, and you know you get every part right exactly how it was written. Um, that's that's what adds to the fun of everything. And um, you know when you uh, write lyrics about stuff that's you know you don't 
find in everyday songs. You know, it's, it's not always a, a love song or a breakup song or a, um, or a, you know, a tonight is the night type song, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. Um, when, when you try to write outside of those boundaries, it makes it a lot more fun as well. Um, but I think above all, when it comes to composition um, and, you know, just the instrumental, uh, the, the vocal melodies, everything that goes into it, when it's challenging, it makes it that much more rewarding by the end. And I think people recognize that too, or that's the whole thing. Anyway. And it's been like that from the start as well. Like if you listen to our catalog on, on Spotify and you listen to a song called Last Hero, that was uh, that was the first song we ever finished writing. And uh, the, the verses of those songs are are switching from five four to, to four four or nine four if you want to if you want to count it like that um and and that was like a, that was a conscious decision you know we wanted to we wanted to to push ourselves that way because you know why not it's interesting <laughs> fun I I, th I think it's always that it's that balance you know that's the thing that I give rush that's the thing that I give tool uh a lot of those bands like that that can make it very listenable but also very difficult you just you, yep. you're you're nodding your head to it but then when you try to air drum to it you're like why why aren't i lining up with this what's going with this isn't like acdc what's going on i don't like that's that's that beautiful pocket that you're looking for now yeah and if you can pull that off like that's that's really the mastery right bands that can do that kind of complexity and not have it feel really weird. Like a song like Limelight by Rush, you count the verses, it's all over the place. It's not just one weird or one odd time. It's it's a bunch of odd times. And you wouldn't think of, you wouldn't know no. that unless you really sat down and counted it out. For sure. And that's, that's, that's what's the most impressive. And that's what we're trying to kind of go after. Well, how how do you guys write uh, together? Like, what's the process? I mean, being so sort of new, especially with Emma in the band, how's the what, what what's the process like? Is it different for every song? Well, I would say usually the genesis of the song is typically either me or Danny will come up with a part, um, whether it be a riff, chord progression. Um, I usually take it upon myself to put together like an arrangement. Uh, you know, how, how I want the, the ideas to, to flow about and whatnot. Uh, we work typically instrumental first, and then we build the vocals on top of that. Um, whether or not that's that's common or not, I know for, for many bands, it's, it's kind of the other way around. They'll start with the vocal part, and then they'll build the song around that. We're more like, let's build an idea that has a really strong foundation for a melody, for example, right? And then support that, and then we'll bring in the melody on top. And then usually it's Emma and and Danny that will kind of like collaborate on on the vocal part and and try to find something that works best with Emma's voice and lyrics that are that that complement the song well. Mm -hmm. And typically it all kind of comes on from there. Jake obviously incorporating into the uh, into uh, the instrumental part, but also Jake's got great he's got a great sense of this is a good idea or this is a bad idea. He's usually like the filter that that a lot of ideas go through on whether or not this is you know this is silly or this is good he's got a bit of the the producer's ear hold on this, this doesn't work hold on this isn't good well how, how would you say you're where do you see a short walk to pluto's uh music fitting into the music landscape of today where would you say like 
What are some contemporaries that you guys have, or you'd like to see yourself as contemporaries? Maybe you're not like, you know, at their popularity levels, but where do you see uh, musically, sonically fitting in? Very much with like the like newer rock bands like Greta. Greta is very, you know, very Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves to tell them. Mm-hmm. They have that sound, right? Because of the singer and the way that he sings and his his sound and then their sound as a collective. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, myself, I would see us like kind of close to the beaches as well. They've, they've kind of got more of like a poppy-ish rock sound, but I could see us fitting in with those kinds of groups of musicians where we could have similar fan bases because we sound like some of that older rock music, but also trying to bring a new swing on it as mm-hmm. well. And to, you know, today's kind of music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Don't, don't discount crown lands either. They're, uh, I'm they're awesome. the <laughs> they are. De- I definitely. Yeah. And I mean, even with, uh, when, uh, Danny was, was singing, I definitely hear some similarities on that first EP with crown lands a lot. Well, where do you guys, uh, Last question: Where do you guys see yourselves in five years? What, what's what, what's the plan? What's the trajectory for a short walk to Pluto? Plan? Well, the plan is, you know, take over the world. Yep. No. Uh, we want to we want to make it, you know, and and we're going to yep. do everything that we can to, uh, you know, shoot for the stars in a sense, and you know. We know it's going to involve putting in the hard work. We know uh, it's probably not going to be an easy path. It's not going to be a straightforward path. How we're going to get there is to be determined. But uh, one thing we definitely want to make sure that we we do is we write music that we like, that we like to perform. We do things the way that we like to do things. And yeah, I think if we can if we can manage to stay as true to ourselves as possible, um, which can be sometimes a bit of a challenge, you know, in this industry. As has been well documented, we we think we'll do well. We think we've, we've we've had enough feedback now with with people saying they like our sound, they like the kind of music we write, they like our live shows, our image, all that kind of stuff. That if we stay the course, you know, we'll be fine, kind of thing, and hopefully even better than fine. When this has been something that I've been wanting to do like my whole life. Like this is the idea was to always be a musician. So any way possible, it's going to be the way to go for sure. And I've never worked with musicians this dedicated so i think i think we're on the right path i think so too danny what do you think yeah no i, I couldn't agree more i think uh ideally we'd like to be touring as uh, as soon as possible uh, you know at the end of the day the four of us we're all entertainers in our own respect and and we gel really well together and uh at the end of the day that's you know the job of an entertainer is to put on a entertaining live performance right so um i think that's something that you know, is very rewarding when you pull something like that off um, and you pull it off well. So um, ideally, you know, a couple years from now, we're touring, we're gigging, and, you know, uh, people uh, hopefully enjoy our music enough to uh, to justify doing that. <laughs> so uh, so that's, that's where we hope we're at. Yeah, I, I lied about the last question. Um, one, uh, as far as uh, you mentioned uh, the new music, uh, you're planning on releasing a song here in a month around a month is that me my dog and our time machine it is not that one is that won't be soon after though um the song we're planning on on dropping soon is called you are not the only one um we've been playing it around uh you know the the gigs that we've been doing so far so if you've been out at our shows you have probably heard it we're also going to be playing it at blues fest 
Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye out for that one. It's it is recorded. Uh, the music video has been shot. We're just waiting on the final pieces to come together, and that'll be out soon. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully put a few more songs together from there. We have uh, a couple more uh, just about done as well. And then, yeah, me, my dog, and and our time machine will be right around the corner as well. Nice. Now, is that oh, overall is the the ultimate goal right now? To get to a uh, to get to an album, or I know in this sort of day and age, albums yeah, aren't what they used to be. Are you guys still looking to do an album, though? So yeah, just when you're a young starting out band, I guess the idea is that you want to constantly feed the beast in terms of you know pumping out material, right? And when you space out singles a little bit more, it kind of helps. Uh, uh, helps gravitate an audience towards you. So, um, you know, the, the, the end goal is 100% certainty in album. Um, you know, we have more than enough material to supplement that and demos to back them up because, you know, <laughs> we're constantly just writing and recording and, uh, uh, and you know, rearranging and rewriting. And it's uh, it's a constant struggle that, that we're always going through. So there's an endless bank of material that we've got ready to go. Um, you know, for the time being, it's just, you know, single after single. And, you know, hopefully that keeps people entertained. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, an album's hopefully not too far into the distant horizon. Hopefully it's a little closer than uh, um, than, uh, than we think. Nice. Nice. Well, guys, before we go, do you want to try your hand at the Rush Quiz? Do you want to? <laughs> oh, try my hand at the Rush Quiz. I'm I, would, I would absolutely love to. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. All I mean, right. It's tough that Jake isn't here. We're, we're at a bit of a disadvantage, but let's uh, go for oh. it. I think our number one player. I I think uh, I think you guys you guys can do it. Um, we'll we'll see here. Uh, I start off with a warm up question. First one's pretty easy. What city did Rush start in? Willowdale well, was, actually... was the, the district in Toronto, technically. There we the go. Two guys from there, Neil from Cambridge. There we go. My gosh. Yeah. It's it, it's just it's just like Kevin. He's adding information as we go. Um okay. True or false, Neil Pert provided all drums, every rush album. False. Uh started off with uh John Rutsey on uh, first album. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Three what album was Tom Sawyer on, and what year? Emma, you got that? <laughs> You're so funny. Uh, Moving Pictures, uh, 1981. Moving Pictures, 1981 is correct. Yes. Four, which band member wrote the book titled Ghost Rider? Uh, easy peasy, that would be Neil Peart. There it is. Last one. Which single of Rush's did the best on the Hot 100 chart? Ooh, that's um, a tough one. Would it, it wouldn't have been Spirit, would it have? Might have been Spirit, might have been... Could have been something new Rush, you know? Could have been like a headlong flight or something. No, no. Um, wouldn't have been that much of a deep cut. Far Cry, I think, maybe? I think it's... Uh, I, I see. I want to say "Time Stand Still" just because of that ridiculous music video. Um, but <laughs> that's a good point. "Time Stand Still" is a good shout. "Limelight" is also a good shout. I think it might. You might be right. It might be "Limelight." Let's go "Limelight." So close, guys! You're four out of five. New World Man. New World Man. Oh, New World Man. Oh, interesting. Would have wouldn't have guessed that one. Great I, yeah. song. Great song. Yeah. Though. I, I wouldn't have either. Uh, Kevin added on that one, by the way, that uh, it was originally known as. 
327, I want to say, because that was the time, because they it was right when tapes had first started to be used, and they needed to make it even with the other side of the tape, so they needed to make a song that was 3 minutes and 27 seconds. So they Ooh. just made that song to even out, to balance the tape. Um, Didn't but, know that. That's, that was really cool. That's a cool piece of trivia. And Well, now you can get all that. At Blues Fest with Kevin, I I certify. Definitely gonna ask him. I certify you knowledgeable enough to converse in Rush. You don't beat Kevin, but you are well at least tie. I didn't I didn't write any extra questions so you could beat him. But you guys definitely still know Rush. I still put you up there. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ben. Yeah, listeners. You can keep up with the band at their website, a short walk to uh, Pluto.com. You can check uh, catch all the covers on their social media at Short Walk to Pluto. Right now, let's take a listen to Phantom Lover right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, you just heard A Short Walk to Pluto. That is their fantastic song, Phantom Lover. My goodness, Mike. Just some some young, precocious go-getters right there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's optimistic. You're 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 mm-hmm. you're a little bit jealous of where they're at. Am I right? I'm a oh for sure, a hundred percent. I'm a little bit jealous. 100%. Like they got they oh, got yeah. the world at their feet, man. They're just ready to go. Yeah. They're ready to go, mm-hmm. you know. And they got their band. They got things rolling. They got the momentum. Yeah. They're playing blues fest. You're just like, oh, that's right. Gosh, gosh, the world is your stage. Go for it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Man, fantastic. They're going to have some good music, though. Can't wait. Plus, they got, they, I mean, they're, they're fans of all kinds of just great old music. So they've got a good balance, you know, on their social media. Mm-hmm. They bring in the youngsters that don't know anything about those old school bands, but then they also bring in the oldsters that are like, oh my gosh, folks your age don't normally know that tune. That's fantastic, <laughs> you know? Smart. Yeah. Smart. So they, they got they got it all going. They got it all going. Fantastic. Hopefully they come down to uh, Florida soon. Hopefully. Yes! But uh, mm-hmm. you know if uh, uh, if if you're when you're in Toronto, Mike, because I know you're going to Toronto. Uh, just yep. Just look in random basements. See if you can find them. Huh? It's a risky. <laughs> it's a risky operation. But go for it. You know. Just a short walk to. Pull it up? No? Okay, sorry. Sorry, I was <laughs> looking for a band. There's only a couple million people that live here, right? Okay, we'll find them. Um, Mike, we got, we're, we're reviving a segment. We're reviving a segment right here. Okay. Listeners, if you haven't been listening to the Doc G Show long enough, you may not be familiar with this segment. This segment is not, it's not too difficult to grasp. I choose a random topic and then tell you, and Mike does as well, our top three in that category of whatever the random topic is. Hmm. It's called the Doc G Top Three. Wow. Yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Mike, the world has so many things going on right now. Just uh, wars, global warming, mass shootings, mm-hmm. sickness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need something to settle you down, you know? Oh, yeah. You need something to center you, to let you know, I'm okay. Now, I know you're a big guy on breathing. That's something that can center you. Oh, yeah. That's something that can... Yes. But I need some other things sometimes that can center me. So that's what this week's topic is. The Doc G Top 3, things that soothe you. Mm-hmm. Things that soothe you. So we're going to give you our top three things that are most soothing to me and Mike. To me and Mike. Mike, my first three. Number three. I can't wait for this, by the way, Doctor. I can't wait to hear what you have to say for this one. Afternoon sun on my face. Yeah. Number three, afternoon. And it's got to be late afternoon. Can't be early afternoon. That gets a little too hot. I mean, I like, I like the mm-hmm. heat, but... Can't it can't be that real you know blazing sun because then it's not relaxing. Mm. You get a good like in the summer if you're talking like six or seven in the afternoon and you got a good breeze going, that'll calm you right down. So true. That'll mm-hmm. that'll bring you right back. Also, by the way, honorable mention that I I, I wish sometimes we put in an honorable mention here. 
Wish we could have uh, um, four, but it's the Doc G top three. You can't. You, nope. Honorable mention, 70s <laughs> soft rock music. Really, any 70s mm. soft rock music will put me in a relaxed mood. So you put some James Taylor on, you put some Bread on, you put some America on, you put any Elton John on, Fleetwood Mac. It's going to put me right in that soft spot of feeling relaxed and centered, you know? That's a fact. Mike, what's your three? What's third on your list? So, third. I would say I've been doing these morning walks. Hmm. Morning, like... Uh, sun exposure yeah. immediately after I wake up. I wake up, I go right outside, mm-hmm. and uh, that has been great. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's it. Um, and not <laughs> sorry, no, no, no. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna well, say? It's, it's very settling. It also gets your thoughts yeah. in order for the day. You connect for with sure, nature. Sure. You get a little vitamin D. You run through mm-hmm. your your mind. It's nice. So true. Yeah, it is. It's really nice. Um. Number two, I hope this isn't controversial, Doc G. Definitely weed. It's weed. I could see how that weed would be settling. Soothes me. I could see. It's very nice. But yeah, man, just a, a little bowl, just a little bit. It doesn't even take a lot. Hey, I understand. It's medicinal, listeners. It's medicinal. Yeah, it is. And for it really and is. for Mike, it's legal in his state. That's a fact. For us, mm-hmm. only if you have a marijuana card. Do not try mm-hmm. it if you don't yeah. have a marijuana card, listeners in in Florida. Yeah. Okay, but totally understandable. Number two, I totally, I totally can see where you're coming from that uh, on it, Mike. Number two for me, soft rain. Mmm, soft rain has to. That's a good. Has to be very soft though. Can't like if you get louder. Like I mean, I like, I like a thunderstorm, but a thunderstorm's a little bit more energizing for me. It's more Mm -hmm. of like a refresher, not more of a of a soothing thing. So mm-hmm. uh, with, it has to be like that, just that quiet, ba- basically bare, barely pitter-patter. But it's been raining for mm-hmm. a while, so you've already got little puddles going, and you're just like, ah, I think I might just cozy up for a nap. Where's my funeral blanket? Somebody bring that over here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, number two. God. Mike, what is your number one soothing yeah. thing? Th- ah, Doc G, the zen of meditation just right like right middle mid meditation and then also like specifically i've been doing these like breath holding exercises and in the in the breath holding it sounds insane but while i'm holding my breath zen but you straight because you control it you realize you're controlling your body mike you have you have that ability you have mm-hmm. that power makes you makes you feel good makes yeah. you feel good mm-hmm. um mike mine is a little bit more detached a little bit uh, a little less something i can control but i love it always made me feel great always and it's true this for listeners that don't know it lowers your blood pressure significantly when you mm. when you when you have this going on cats purring ah cats if, purring if there is a cat on me that is purring, it is the number one soothing thing. They are, they are my center, Mike. If a cat comes on me and just starts purring, I am at peace with the world. I am at peace with the world. 
Yeah, and I'm a little, it's sort of like, it's sort of like with a, a short walk to Pluto. I'm a little jealous of them sometimes at that time. I'm like, look at this guy. Look at how relaxed this fella is. My God, he's just purring till his heart's content down there. Man, mm -hmm. you know, but it soothes yeah. me. Number one, you you put all three of those together, my God, that's a, that's a soothing day. Yeah. I guess the rain would have to come first, and then in the afternoon it clears up. You get a little sun, and then a cat comes and walks over and falls asleep on me. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and if you add it all together with Mike, Mike is meditating in the garden, takes a break, uh, smokes a joint, and uh, and then comes back for some, uh, some breathing exercises. Yeah, you we're know? good. We're good. We're solid, yeah. There you go. Soothing, listeners. If you need some soothing uh, uh, habits, try any one of those three mm -hmm. of each of ours. I would suggest all, uh, all of them. I think all of them work as far as relaxing. I mean, if you put all of those together, you are definitely one relaxed mofo. You've got to be. Yes! All right, Mike. So that was our soothing soothing top three. Next week, we'll have another top mm -hmm. three because we love to rank things. Got Yes. <laughs> got to rank things and judge things, Mike. That's what, yeah. that's what Dueling 45s and the Doc G top three is all about. All right? It's fun. The, it's fun. The two things that radio people love to do. Okay? It's yeah. what we do. Mike, we have two birthday suits that we also need to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. I th I'm pretty almost positive you got an, this this first one. Second one, uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. First one. Born on July 6, 1979 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Our birthday suit wear always loved making people laugh growing up. After graduating high school, our birthday suit wear moved to New York, but then moved to Brockton, Massachusetts, where he became a shoe salesman and started doing comedy on the side. Started doing more mm. comedy competitions as he went on. His stand-up performances got bigger and bigger until he released his first comedy album, I'm a Grown Little Man. <laughs> then he released Seriously Funny in 2010, Laugh at My Pain in 2011, and Let Me Explain in 2013. Mm. Started appearing in movies in the late 2000s. In 2014, he starred in Ride Along with Ice Cube. Then in 2015, he starred in Get Hard with Will Ferrell. He then starred in Central Intelligence with The Rock in 2016. In 2018, he starred and produced Night School. He, uh, he hosted SNL three times. He has his own production studio called Laugh Out Loud, and he has his own channel on Sirius XM. Name that birthday suit wearer. Kevin Hart, little Kev. Kevin Hart is correct. That uh, mm -hmm. that dude, that dude, he 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 exploded, man. He exploded there. Yeah, he did. I will say, first two albums are are great. First two albums yeah. are great. Seriously funny, uh, and I'm a grown little man. Awesome, mm -hmm. awesome. Favorite two segments: hitting the ostrich with the pin, and the one time his mom gave him permission to cuss. Those two, <laughs> the, those two bits are awesome. I love the ostrich one. It is great. If you haven't listened to it, listeners, you need to check it out. One of one of my favorite favorite comedy bits of like the two thousands, right there. 
But I will say, yeah, he kills it. you know, who am, who am I to say as a dude just here with a microphone in front of me? But I will say the, the second album's not nearly as good. Not nearly. I feel like yeah. he spread himself too thin, you know? I feel like, mm-hmm. hey, who wouldn't? You got all these opportunities. You got these movies. You got all these things going on. Like, you know. Yeah. But like, it, it's it's a little bit like Dane Cook in, in a way, you know? Because Dane got, Dane got super popular. He also had a lot of things going on in his family. But like. Yeah, you, a lot of personal. Yeah. You know, but like you get these giant comedy venues and you, you start focusing less on the actual material. And it gets a little bit harder to come up with that material. And I just don't think those last two were as good as the first two. The first two, oh, they were good. Yeah. They were solid. Yeah, story is, story is old as time with stand-up comedy. It's like the first yeah. couple albums. You've been saving knocked it. Knocked it out of the park. You've been saving it. Yeah. That's the thing, is yeah. you've got all that material. It's just like musicians, man. Like, you've been mm-hmm. working on that yeah. stuff and, and cultivating it for years of your life. Like, some of those yeah. jokes you've probably been making since you were, like, in third grade. And like, yeah. and then now all of a sudden people want you to do a whole new f- album in a year, and you're like, ah, <laughs> yeah. all right. So like, it's understandable. It's a the 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 great part is you get the handicap though, because people already find you hilarious because of your first album. So at least you got that. Yeah. Now I will say, you know, mm-hmm. uh, despite what people say about other things going on, Louis C.K. was one of those people that it got funnier on each one of his albums. It, yeah, he kept it really consistent. It got funnier, mm-hmm. so, you know. Anyways. For sure. Kevin Hart turning, uh, let's see, what is that? 43 for Kevin. 43. And he is pretty small, Mike. His, his... Yeah, he is the smallest person I've ever seen, I think. It's wild. Like, I... I mean... It's really small. He's really I've small. Ne- I've never seen him in person, but like you always see those pictures. It's like somebody that's like six feet tall, just like a normal height, and he's like coming up to like their shoulder, and you're just like, oh my God, that is. And then, of course, the famous picture of him and Shaq, where like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Shaq, like at his waist. Shaq is like three feet taller than him. It's insane. Anyways, he's turning 43. He's he's still dominating the game. Laugh out loud has billions and billions of views. Just just dominating. You go, you go, Kevin. You go. Um, mm-hmm. Mike, our second one here. We'll see. Okay, here we go. We'll Born see. on July 6, nineteen thirty-five, <laughs> in the Tibet region of Amdo, King High Providence. When our birthday suit wearer was two, it was decided by the central government of Tibet that he was the reincarnated spirit of the highest spiritual leader of Tibet. He took over political uh, duties and and led Tibet uh, until 1950. However, due to China taking over Tibet in 1959, our birthday suit wearer had to go into exile. He went to India and has been in India for the last 63 years. Technically, our birthday suit wearer retired from his role in the Central Tibetan Administration in 2011, but he is still the spiritual leader of the Tibetan people. Name that birthday suit wearer. You can give his official leader name not his actual birth name 
Yeah, I was gonna say Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama is yes. correct. Hey, yes, Dalai Lama. The fourteenth Dalai Lama. He is the fourteenth uh, Dalai Lama, turning uh, Mike eighty-seven. Jeez, eighty-seven. Mm. Wow. Mm. Looks yeah. looks good for eighty-seven. Looks good. Yeah, all that meditating. He's always he's always <laughs> in good spirits, Mike. You ever? See, oh yeah. He's, you ever see one of those interviews with him? He's good. I love his interviews. Yeah, now he's awesome. He's very, you know, is is one of those people that you're like. I mean, sort of like we were just talking about with the the soothing uh, top three uh, most soothing things. Like his interviews are a little bit soothing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they really. You are. like you like see him in the interview and you're like, you know what? This guy doesn't seem to be that concerned. I think I'm okay. If this guy's okay with it, I'm okay. Like, you know. Yeah. But very true. He's just he's in that Buddhist mindset, man. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. the only here and now is here and now. The present. Yeah. That's what he He is so present. He's all about it, man. That's that's what we're about here, guys, on the Doc G show. We're present. Yeah. Right now, you mm-hmm. you are listening to us. We are talking to you. Word. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Regardless yeah. if you're listening to the recorded version or the live version, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. That is occurring right now. Anyways, happy birthday to the Dalai Lama. Uh, you know, hopefully maybe you get to go back to Tibet sometime. That'd be nice, too. He doesn't seem to be really yeah. concerned about that. He's just, you know, in India, just hanging. I know John Oliver mm-hmm. did a extended thing where he actually went out uh, to India and did an interview with him in India. It was a pretty good one. If you have, oh, I want to watch. Yeah, that. if you haven't seen that, that one, yeah. pretty solid one. Um, mm. Mike, we have some fantastic shows coming up. Very excited about next week's guest. We have Kid Bloom coming on the show. The guy is just killing it. Killing the game as far nice. as as far as the music game, man. He's got about two and a half million monthly listeners on Spotify. Just got a couple of singles tearing up the streaming services. Just fantastic. Want to want to talk to him? It's going to be a good time. But until then, Mike, we got to wrap it up. You've got to go out into the world, <laughs> do yeah. do your thing. But, Mike, for now, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus, Charette. Say what? Doc G, thank you so much. What a great, this is a great, uh, great show. It's a getaway show. Getaway show great for episode. you. Yeah, it was. You know? Yeah. The remote locale. Mm-hmm. Contacting yeah. us from the, the Northlands, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> we're up here. Luckily, we're doing the it. warm Northlands. My advice. Yeah, it is very warm. My advice to all the listeners: only during the summer. Do not do that during the winter. You will die of frostbite. You will die. Be horrible. (laughs) You will die. Horrible. Anyways, (laughs) until next week, guys. Zip it up and zip it out. Zip it to do down.